Life is full of what ifs. Some awesome, like what if AI could fold your laundry? And some, well, less awesome, like what if you have unexpected medical costs? United Healthcare can help get you covered with Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans. They supplement your primary plan to help you manage out of pocket costs. No deductibles, no enrollment periods, and especially no more what ifs. Visit uh1.com to find the Health Protector Guard plan for you. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot, we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Burrow is a furniture company known for timeless design and thoughtful construction and free shipping. And that extends to their outdoor collection. Their outdoor furniture is built to withstand the elements. Featuring rust-proof stainless steel hardware, weather-ready teak, and quick-dry foam cushions. For Memorial Day, get 15% off your Burrow purchase at burrow.com slash ACAST and up to 25% off outdoor. That's up to 25% off outdoor furniture at burrow.com slash ACAST. Hello, everybody, and welcome into today's episode of the Top Cut Yu-Gi-Oh! podcast. I, of course, am your host, Sonny, and before we get any farther, I want to take just a moment to thank all of our wonderful, wonderful uh, sponsors. That's the word. So, of course, a huge thank you to Steel Fox and ETB Games for their continued support of the podcast. And, of course, we also want to thank all of our affiliate sponsors. So, you can find affiliate links down below for both TCG Player and Dragon Shield to just click them before you shop to help us out a little bit. And, of course, if you want some discounts on some cool stuff, you can be sure to check out the Tier Zero games and the Grimoire accessories down below. They have, I think Grimoire still has a few playmats available if you're wanting to get one of their new playmats that just released. Uh, the playmats that are coming out have a serialized number etched into the back of the playmat. It is super duper cool. It's a limited run. These colors are not going to be available again after this. So if that is something that you're interested in doing, you can, of course, check out Grimoire at uh, the link below and Tier Zero. They have Agov pre-sales up. So check that out. And, of course, check out Gem Accessories. There are links with discount codes down below. Just type the code in at checkout to get 5 or 10% off your order, depending on the website. Of course, we also want to thank all of our wonderful patrons for their continued support of the podcast. And we would love to direct you to our Discord if you are wanting to go ahead and join in the discussion and go ahead and you know talk with the other people in the community. So, of course, I'm joined today by my host, Cockadoodledoo. How are you doing today? Uh, you know, I'm pretty good. Uh, I'm just waiting till when you use uh, Cheap Sheep Sheep as my name rather than Cockadoodledoo. Uh, well, now it's the last and one, fun so, fact, you asked for it. Fun fact, we did actually used to play Cockadoodle-Doo in Synchro Dinosaur. Uh, there was a time there was a time when it was a reasonable Hulk extender. It used to be Speedroid Passing Glider, uh, but Cockadoodle-Doo was more effective. <laughs> of course it was. So, as you, I'm sure, can see if you're on the YouTube, and as you're about to hear, if you are on Spotify or Apple Podcasts, we are, of course, today joined by our wonderful and esteemed guest, Mr. Kane. How are you doing today, bud? 
I'm doing great, guys. Thank you guys for having me here. Of course. So for those that don't know, Kane was one of our very first Patreons that we ever had join. He is actually a very close friend of mine. We've been friends since high school. He was one of the groomsmen in my wedding. So he's not just a Patreon, but he's also one of my best friends of all time. He's actually my first roommate in college, too. So uh, it's great to have Kane on. He actually, for a little bit of background, does not play Yu-Gi-Oh! Not at least actively and not in the TCG. He plays like dabbles a little bit in Master Duel, maybe. But with all of the discussions that we have had in the community surrounding the new player experience and how people that may not be super deep into the game like we are, how they view the game from the outside looking in and what things that we as the player base or as Konami as the distributor, or not distributor, but make you know, maker of the game designers, what they could do to make the new player experience more palatable because i think we can all agree that there's a ton that could be done but before we get into all that depth uh, i want to ask you kane like kind of a little bit about your experience with Yu-Gi-Oh. you know how you first found the game and you know what has brought you interested into any aspect of it in the modern age i mean like like you like i'm i mean i grew up on Yu-Gi-Oh. it was like back in like third fourth grade like the whole card sleeves, the binder full of Yu-Gi-Oh cards everyone had. Grew up watching the show and just kind of watching it evolve. And I mean, even the show evolved in a way like I, kn I know you guys remember like the the dice stuff they were doing. That was real like weird to me at least. And I was <laughs> like they're throwing dice in the game now. But um, and then Emma. like modern age yeah the modern age is like well you started doing this podcast and i'm like we've talked a lot about it and i was like well like i'll at least try a master duel give it a shot and try to kind of get back into it but i can tell you it's super confusing now yeah so what you're saying is for those listening at home that peer pressure works that's what i heard <laughs> peer pressure looks like it gets your foot in the door but it doesn't get you all the way in uh, <laughs> yeah. uh so go ahead skyhawk no that i didn't have anything you're good okay well it's like uh, like is master duel like the format of that is that different than what y'all play at like tournaments in person with like tcg stop looking at me <laughs> yeah i'm not looking at you like that it's been a heavy point of contention within the community since the release of the game is that there is no like Master Duel is not necessarily representative of what the TCG format that we play actually is, or honestly, what it has ever been. It's, I'm not gonna say a completely different format, but it, it is pretty different. Yeah. Because I know, like, in one of your previous podcasts, you talked about how, like, the band lists are different. So, yeah. It's not just the, the band list, it's also the card pool. So, if you think about, like, they've got two different regions, right? We've got the OCG, which is Japan, uh, and we have the TCG, which is North America, Europe, South America, Australia, everywhere else, essentially. Um, with the exception, I think, uh, I believe Korea uh, also plays OCG, and there are a few other countries as well. Although so Korea does, and I believe Thailand and mainland China. Thailand, I think the Philippines as well plays OCG. Um, yes. 
so they have stuff they're probably like they're at like the beginning of it tcg card pool is like six ish months behind usually uh master duel is like yeah a full year behind the rest of the game so not only is it like a card pool of stuff like we've all seen before it's also master duel is best of one so you have a main deck and an extra deck but you don't have a side deck to uh, be able to swap in so in person it's best two out of three but in master duel it's best of one so you end up playing uh it's master duel is like is a very different game than the paper game which is kind of weird and makes it difficult for people to transition from one to the other yes and see like yeah i'm like the extra deck is even like throwing me off because i'm like why is this an extra deck (laughs) <laughs> why do i need it? like why, is why, do, why do i need it like valid. yeah, yeah that's valid that's fair i'm used to the og you have one deck and you just draw your cards so not too well um actually you but to be fair there was always like a secondary thing it just used to be called the fusion deck that's true we just never used it on the playground mm. who's actually doing fusions you know as well back when no. fusion monsters were like I've got a Sandgan and, like, a Witch of the Black Forest. Let me make a Sandwich. And it's like, well, what does this do for me? I just used three yeah. cards to put up a guy that is Gemini Elf. That's cool. Yeah. <laughs> Playground. Yeah. A lot of times, the old the old ones, like, the fusion monsters that were good, used you had to play bad cards to make them. And the fusion monsters... And when you... The, the fusion monsters that you could make with good monsters, the you'd rather have the good monster than the bad fusion it it was never you could, yeah. you could never have both so because it's like why would i give up this card for like something that's like really right. only like 100 life points better or like the effects aren't even there yeah yeah what do you so this is interesting actually then so if you if you're coming from a place where uh your experience with Yu-Gi-Oh is like well, i don't know what the extra deck is what, what uh like what kind of monsters do you remember jamming like what what are we talking like uh giant soldier of stone set pass are we thinking like uh arc magician like, like gx era all right we yeah got that, we got that two tribute okay so it's the word we're, we're talking like 2002 2003 like oh yeah yeah that's where i'm at so what was what was kind of the last thing that you do remember being like a thing that you was like oh this is so cool whether it would be from the anime or other cards you saw like where is the kind of like the end point where you're like this is kind of the last thing i remember everything past that may as well be a different language uh who was the guy that yugi always like his rival uh kaiba so blue eyes white dragon yeah yeah yeah, yeah. i just like the last thing i really like remember that i was like cool was in like like every five seconds you play a blue eyes white dragon and then all of a sudden, he just had three of them, and it's like he merged them together. And it's like, cool, here's this thing. It's awesome. Yeah. Okay, so Blue Eyes Ultimate <laughs> Dragon would be the last thing. Okay. Yep, okay. All that's right. the word. That's the card. Yeah. All right. And uh, that's that's where I'm at. Got it. And you did you did recognize, uh, you recognized Jetroid earlier. So you maybe, maybe were like, cards-wise, maybe you were a little tiny bit into like GX era. But that's about where it cuts off. Okay. Yeah. Do you remember any of the elemental heroes? Yes, I do. Okay. Because those those were kind of kind of funky. Yeah, I remember those. So we're a little um, into GX then. Yep. Yeah. So I mean, 
one thing I really wanted to ask you guys that I, I just keep thinking about is like, when are they going to stop making names for different types of summons? When is enough enough? <laughs> well, you got um... synchro, you got fusion, tribute, uh, uh, pendulum, like calm down. I think, uh, we haven't had one for, I got when link summoning was like 2017. 2017. So we haven't had one yeah, for, yeah. for six years. So the pace of summons has slowed down. I would say the pace of summons has slowed okay, down. Yeah, yeah, I would sorry. Say. The types, the number of types has slowed down in, in recent yeah. memory. They, uh, they, they've kind of, I think the way that design has been lately, at least they're not, it doesn't seem like they're going to design new mechanics. It seems like they're just going to make the cards do whatever they want. So, so they don't have to come up with another way to have you summon monsters. But I think, I do think that brings up something that is very difficult for, for new players is that there's a lot of like, there's a lot of red herrings in, in learning the game. Like, I think one thing that happens when people try to teach other people is that they go, so here is like a ritual summon and an Xyz summon and a pendulum summon and a link summon and a synchro summon and a flip summon. And it's like trying to memorize all that information is an ineffective way of like giving people the mechanics. So it would be much better to be like, here is a deck. Here is what this deck does. Go forth and experience everything else the game has to offer. And then, learn it that way right. like but it's it even like no matter how much you water it down it's still so much information overlord so like you mentioned that you played yeah uh a lot of master like not a lot but like a little bit of master duel what how did you feel after master duel like what uh was it like you ran into a match in like a casual ladder and you were like what the hell is happening or like, where did you go? What Explain your, your Master Duel experience, I guess. <laughs> well, I mean, so I, I mean, I started off with the one deck, and then I started, I basically just used the gems to buy all these starter decks. And I kind of just jumped around back and forth, basically just getting used to the deck and trying different things. Like, once I finally figured out, like, the Pendulum Summon aspect where it's like, oh, the numbers mean something. I was like, cool, uh, I have this now. And then I tried a different deck and complete like 180 compared to that. But I I never really played the casuals. I always go full into it. So I just played nothing but ranked matches. That's I don't <laughs> just dive right into the deep end. Good move. Uh yeah, yeah, like, if I'm gonna do it, I'm gonna do it full send. But yeah. um one could argue that in Yu-Gi-Oh! specifically, the best way to actually learn the game is just to dive into the deep end like that. Yeah, it's to just lose 12 yeah. billion matches in a row. That's true. That's what I did. That's what I still do. I mean, it's just, if you lose enough, eventually you see what you're losing to and you learn how to beat it. Right. So... I definitely got better. Like, I I won. I've, I've like, we'll say it's probably like 30% wins. Like, so it wasn't right. terrible. Yeah, like I wasn't going in there and just getting blasted out of the water every five seconds. But I mean, honestly, it, it was fun. It drains your battery a lot, but I've, I've changed the <laughs> battery consumption on there. But I mean, overall, it's still it's still a fun thing to do. Just mess around. So this is interesting, too. So you, you mentioned like a battery drain. So you play on mobile. Yep. 
how was it did, did like the game work okay on mobile was uh because i um i played i played some on android but i mostly play on uh on pc is it like is it is it does it seem small at all do you think it's manageable i didn't mind it at all i mean when you change the battery consumption it gets a little choppy but overall i mean it's still like i mean i felt like i was in in it okay like it didn't feel like i was staring a miles like a million miles away trying to like lay a card got it okay yeah so, so it's good to know that they've at least made that a smooth experience so the the it seems though so the problem i think is this is something that i come across a lot with the with extremely valid criticisms of the game is like the presentation is really good the client is awesome the <laughs> the, the, the the visually it's really really clean it's just the depth of the game is the issue and that's that's where that's where new players run into issues so you played the like the tu- initial tutorial in master duel right like I, like there's a certain amount of tutorial that like you have to go through to be able to do like ranked games and things of that sort right so when yeah. you played that tutorial or however much of it you got through before you were like to the ladder when you played that how did you feel as a I guess you could say returning player, but really like kind of like a newer player. How did you feel the game did at actually explaining to you how the different mechanics work or how what you can expect in a in a game state, right? In the in a game flow. So I'm not going to lie, like to get into like specific mechanics, you have to go further than I did in the tutorial. It gets, it gets to a point where like I'm trying to go through this tutorial and it's telling me things that are like super super basic Yu-Gi-Oh, but it's not letting you click through them. It makes you, it makes you read, and it got super frustrating. So I was like, I just stopped all of them and gave up, and then I just started playing around. Truly, the like I learned the pen existence. Yeah, the pendulum summon thing, like uh, learning how to like balance your pendulum like i learned that on my own just playing around sure so did any of the mechanics kind of stick out to you as like i like this this seems fun i mean i mean i've already said it like three times but pendulum like i mean it's kind of fun because it kind of just like it makes your mind work for it yeah, you gotta yeah. line up your scales, keep the extra deck, and it is also satisfying to just slap a bunch of big guys on the board. Like, yeah, I got my exactly. I got my I got my numbers right. Here's a bunch of twenty five hundred big bozos. What you got? <laughs> yeah, it's... yeah. Like you can like you lay your like your normal summon and then pendulum summon a monster, and then guess what? Like you can go to your extra deck now and maybe pick up something. Yeah, like it's kind of fun that way, and you can just lay down at, like a bunch of cards at once, and then your opponent's like. Man, what am I gonna do now? That's actually that's fascinating because it's like I feel like it's the that's the opposite experience that I hear a lot of people have with Pendulum. Or, but you're also coming from a place where like the last thing you remember was uh was like old kind of dual monsters era Yu-Gi-Oh. So you don't have experience with the other mechanics. But anybody, it feels like anybody who like 
tried synchro or tried Xyz back in the day comes to Pendulum and they're like, well, this is this is stupid. Why are we doing this? But so it's interesting. <laughs> I to, still I still hate the Pendulum mechanic for that exact reason. That's uh, <laughs> so it's it's fascinating to hear that for somebody who's like completely like almost brand new to anything in modern Yu-Gi-Oh that Pendulum is the thing you were drawn to the most. I think that's really fascinating. Any. Any, well, uh, I mean, even even your pendulums down there can have effects on your cards that you've had summoned on the field. Mm-hmm. Yeah, no, it's like I think spells or monsters. It's cool. I think I never would have thought about it this way, but I think pendulum actually is a really interesting mechanic for newer players because on the surface it is kind of like you said a minute ago, Skyhawk, where you have what is essentially hey you put the blue one on this side and it's a one you put the red one on this side it's a nine and you can summon anything from two to eight from your hand for free you don't have to right you don't you put have to put all these the idiots on board and you and you go but it's a mechanic that like as you scratch deeper and deeper and like dig deeper and deeper into the depths of the mechanic you can do a lot. So, Kane, you might not realize this. Some of the most like notoriously solitary combo decks in Yu-Gi-Oh are Pendulum decks. Because when you can generate all of that free advantage by just summoning a bunch of guys, in addition to Pendulum decks always having had this thing where they... there, It's a very... They, Usually, from your opening hand, the entire rest of your main deck is very accessible. Just because of, like, the way that the mechanic plays inherently. They, like, they search and go get all the cards that they need very easily. Which most decks do. But Pendulum, it's very much like a pile, right? It's not necessarily, like, you know, this one archetype of cards with this one archetype. It's more, these are, like, Pendulum is its own type. Does that make sense? Like... You no, might have does. Okay, yeah, because like synchros, you might have, you know, this type of this deck type. Like I play Sword Soul, and it is a synchro Still? deck. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, we're having fun today. I deserve that. I deserve that. Uh, <laughs> So I've, I've been listening. Yes. Well done. Well okay. Done. Yes. Well done. I still play Sword Soul two years later, but <laughs> Sword Soul is a synchro deck and a, you know, Manadium is a synchro deck, but it's hard to point to a deck and say, this is a pendulum deck because it's more like this is pendulum, which is a deck. Even though it's like its own mechanic, all of the different... It's like it's got this bad reputation of all the different Pendulum decks kind of merged together. You take the best ones from this one, the best ones from this one, and you just go. Uh, so the deeper you dive into the Pendulum mechanic, and then, you know, obviously, if you put four monsters on board out of your hand for free, it's like, okay, well, this one's a tuner, so I can make synchro monsters. And these two are both level four, so I can overlay them and make a rank four Xyz and stuff like that. So... It not only is satisfying to summon all those guys and you can attack with a lot of guys and have to do a lot of damage, but it's also kind of 
a door to let you access all of the other mechanics too. It's really kind of interesting. Yeah. I never really thought about it that way, but I think for a new player that it's one of those things that a, a pendulum deck really can be a great introduction to, into, you know, modern Yu-Gi-Oh. Yeah. If you're looking at, uh, just to, to rattle some stuff off, like you're making a link monster. Hey, here's heavy metal foes, electromite. It's two pendulums. It's easy. You mm -hmm. just, you do that. You pop a pendulum, you draw a card, you get more cards. Seems, seems good. All right. Uh, you want to make an exceed time star magician. Like it's right mm -hmm. there. Well, I mean, like, for me, at least, like, the one thing I remember about Yu-Gi-Oh! is it's all about summoning monsters. And that's what, like, yeah. Pendulum lets you summon a ton of monsters. It does do that. So it's fun. It's fun. Yep. In a game where the maximum deck size is 60, you get to play 40 monsters and 40 spells. Yeah, so. and then, like, so correct me if I'm wrong, but, like, in a Pendulum deck, honestly, it doesn't really matter if, like, say, like, your cards... Are like similar in the fact of like what they are but as far as like them all like if they're all pendulums that's cool but it doesn't have to be like oh like these are all my synchros these are my tuners like they work together but like they're all just pendulums yeah so i guess the the you know the tldr explain it like i'm five thing with the different mechanics is rituals you use a ritual spell to tribute monsters to summon a different monster who has the same level but is probably a better monster right fusions yeah. you use a spell you fuse two monsters make one uh then after fusions they were like well we want to make this you know this mechanic a bit more accessible so they said we'll we'll invent synchros and rituals and fusions have always been in the game from the beginning but synchros were like the first new edition where people are like ah this is turning me off i don't want to play Yu-Gi-Oh anymore they're just breaking the game doing new things i don't like it so synchros it you can think of it as just you add up the levels to and then whatever the levels add up to that's the synchro monster you can summon as long as one of them one of them is a tuner right uh Xyz is probably the most intuitive of all of them. It's the black cards XYZ. They're pronounced Xyz. Yeah. And yeah, it's if they're the same level, you put one on top of the other. Boom, Xyz monster. So, um, but those you can you break up. You can break off cards, right? Right. So, uh, essentially, you can think of it as like you literally lay one card on top of the other, and then you put the Xyz on both of them. And that's kind of my favorite thing about Xyz monsters is. The ones that you put underneath it, you detach them to use the Exceed Monsters effects generally. So, yeah, it kind of puts its own self-imposed limit on how often you can use these monsters effects and how much you can use them. Because it's like, oh, well, I only have two cards under it, so I can only use it twice. Which, it's not necessarily always the case, but that's kind of the general idea. That's where right? I was going to go, is that even like often teaching people how the mechanics works are, are, are not is not often representative of what happens like the mechanics get broken all the time like with zodiac <laughs> uh, that, that is that easy example they're like oh no you don't need two monsters yeah. you just need one you like you just need you just need something that's called zodiac or with synchro it's like oh you can make chaos angel without a tuner it's like well the, <laughs> i just learned all these rules why are you busting yeah. them or, or like with uh 
Oh, with pendulums, it's like, oh, I can summon anything from hand. And then some of the pendulums are like, well, actually, you can only summon cleave forts. And they're like, well, that, yeah, as yeah. a new player that's digging through that, it's like, it's information overload, right? And I just learned how this thing worked, and now suddenly this thing is telling me it works differently. And that's, uh, that's, right. that's tricky, too. Um, so, okay, now that you, you've had some experience with Master Duel, you've talked to Sunny a bit about the modern game, and you've got your experience with, the, with Playground Yu-Gi-Oh!, is there anything that you think Master Duel could do better to either help somebody like you dive into the game deeper or just be a more fun experience for people who want to hop on and experience like kind of old Yu-Gi-Oh again? I mean, I've talked to Sonny about it before, but honestly, the tutorial needs to be updated and it needs to be like a better user experience. The tutorial is like, garbage. It's pretty bad. That's what I'm saying. I shouldn't feel like I'm playing some game from 2004 trying to like get through this yeah it, that's something that i've noticed i actually uh to prep for this uh i i've been playing a little bit of master duel lately the format just changed so i've been i've been i've been playing uh, dinosaur blind second and and doing some prehistoric unga bunga nonsense but uh <laughs> I, I went through some of the cool. i skipped a bunch of the tutorial for a completely different reason and that's because i already knew most of the stuff but uh <laughs> I, I but I, I started going through it uh and it's like even for somebody who like knows the stuff it's like an actual slog like they're like press this button to do this and press this button to do this and did you know that there are like x number of steps in the damage step and they show you like monsters from 2005 to maybe 2010 nothing yeah. in those tu those tutorials like tell you what the mechanics do they do not prepare you at all for what the modern game looks like. Like, even if there is, like, a pendulum summon, they're like, pendulum summon, like, this one dragon guy, instead of, oh, this is what you do after you pendulum summon. Like, the... Right. And, like, the solo modes are, like, a kind of a decent way to do it, but again, it's so... It's so telegraphed that it's tough to... Tough to devote that to memory, right? So I totally agree that the user experience sucks for an existing player or for a new player. And I know uh, one thing I, I, I want to say, I think I've heard y'all talk about this before, is just I wish, so like when I'm playing competitive, I wish that I was paired with somebody. Like I could choose my level of Yu-Gi-Oh knowledge and then pair with those people. Because sometimes like I'm trying to play, I'm trying to have fun. And then I get that one person just demolishes me i don't need to play a card and i'm like cool so it's just it that gets very disheartening and i'm i pretty much i ended after that i rage quit but um that's that's one thing i haven't found out how to do on there yet it might be a thing i'm not sure but that would be helpful it kind of exists so, <laughs> yeah a while not back perfect. they introduced the casual ladder which i mean ranked ladder is you know grinding ranked and then casual ladder is supposed to be like you know a returning player that wants to like relearn Yu-Gi-Oh and just kind of get back into the flow of things and obviously again doesn't want to play ranked you want to take it kind of casually and you know you're you're not here to like be a try hard right but yeah. uh there is no limit to what you can play in casual so <laughs> <laughs> yep so uh, as you can tell like with most online games people will go there to grief or to farm replays for some like convoluted wombo combo nonsense um 
Yeah. The uh, so the ranking system for a game like Yu-Gi-Oh is also not perfect. Part of the idea, just like any like online game with a ladder or like uh, something like Valorant or Overwatch would have, or a- any game that has like a competitive ladder, really. Um, there's like different ranks, so you've got like rookie, bronze, silver, gold, platinum, diamond, master, all the way up through there. But the problem is that a, a lot of the time, you can still encounter players who are doing glycometa tactics at those levels. For example, I'm someone who maybe like plays really hard Master Duel for a month and then doesn't touch the game for three months. So when I don't touch it, I derank a lot. So I am someone who's yeah. very competitive and I'm in like rookie and bronze playing against people who clearly like are, are not playing something that is as strong. And it's just like when there is like even just like because Yu-Gi-Oh is so fast, if there's an inch given, you take a mile. And when yeah. there's like, even if the gap between decks is like this, it's often like super insurmountable, especially for somebody who like is maybe encountering the cards that I'm playing for the very first time and has never read them before. So the yeah. I wish there was a better way for people to play against people at that, that skill level. Like even like something like, a, a ranked ladder where you can only play either the starter decks or you can only play like specific loner decks just so that yeah you have that like even like level so yeah it sounds good they had some they've had some festivals where it's like you can play one of these three decks and they just give you the deck to play and that's i think i think a ladder that does that might be effective they they had that. I I did play in some of the festivals that happened a couple weeks ago. Go ahead, Sonny. There, well, there's actually something a really interesting comparison here. And Kane, you're gonna understand completely what I'm talking about here. Skyhawk, you will not, and probably like eighty percent of our audience is not gonna get this reference. But in of all games, Clash Royale, they run into a similar issue where a player that has been playing a long time has all of the different troops and, you know, cards, essentially. They call them cards. Um, and you they're have access to... Okay, they are, okay, so they're troops. So <laughs> you have access to all the different... Well, I know in Clash of Clans, it's troops, but I thought in Clash Royale, it was cards. Anyway, whenever oh, you... Oh, Royale is cards, my bad. Go ahead. Yeah. So when you're in Royale, you... You don't start out with the whole card pool. You only start out with like a few. And as you work up the ladder, obviously everybody starts at the bottom and everybody works up. And, you know, but my ladder position never changes. So if I go in right now, it's like everything up to 4,000, you can leave for 10 years and come back and you're still where you left off. But once you get above a certain point, so say you get above 4,000, it's like, okay, well, the, at the beginning of every season, everybody above 4,000 resets to 4,000. And then from there, the grind is to go 4,000 and climb up, up, up and get as high as you can by the end of the season. And there are, you know, 10 ranks above that, but everything below that, you can't, you don't lose unless like, I mean, if you lose games, you go down in rank. But if you if you stay at 3,800 and log off for a month and come back, you're still at 3,800. Does that make sense? So it's like 
it's like no, casual ladder up to a point and then everything past that is a essentially a competitive ladder also they do the loner thing there as well where it's like oh i don't have this deck here's an event where you're either you have to play like this deck or it's like a draft format that they build into it where it's like you might not have the cards but you can draft any cards that's that they provide i think that events like that where they either loan things to you or maybe a split casual competitive ladder something like that would Honestly, they could really take inspiration from Clash Royale. It's a well it's a well-designed game. As much as people like to make fun of it, it is well designed. Well, like Sonny, I get, I haven't played Clash Royale in I probably Neither. six months to a year. But I could go I on there right now. Years. Yeah, like but I could go on right there right now, like you said, like my trophies would still be the same. And I could go into a match and I would demolish those people. Because like like of my past experiences like and what i know but also because they're climbing the ladder now and i'm coming back to it yeah but you are still like at around like four thousand plus right yeah so you probably aren't really going to demolish people all that often because at the beginning i do every time i get back on <laughs> the man it's like okay if i spent six months getting to that four thousand threshold and then the season resets right as i get there i'm gonna get smoked for a while but as all the people climb 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 everybody left around that four thousand area is like rank you know eight nine ten so you know, yeah, if you're ranked 14, you're going to climb out of that area really fast. And like the vast majority of the games that you get into are going to be fairly representative of your level. Yeah. Fair. That's, I guess that's a theory anyway. I guess in practice, I, uh, you do end up getting on there and just smoking people. As, as somebody who has never played Clash Royale before, uh, I'm on Kane's side here. I think you should stop being a doubter, Sonny. <laughs> Okay. <laughs> I do. I honestly do though. I mean like I believe I mean, if a person plays Yu-Gi-Oh. <laughs> well, I mean if a person plays Yu-Gi-Oh and it gets good and gets up to what just for example's sake, gets up to four thousand trophies in Yu-Gi-Oh! And then sure. they stop playing for a year and you got this person that get that's playing for six months play and gets up to four thousand trophies and then they face each other, who do you have the bet on? uh that depends this that's actually a really hard question i was gonna bring this up yeah because be, stepping away from Yu-Gi-Oh for a while you don't lose the fundamentals of like what of like the rules based on what you pull out but the biggest thing for people when trying to catch up to the game is just learning what all the cards do like, especially if you're right. somebody who's trying to either be competitive or even just, like, go to a locals and be competent. Like, even just, like, okay. Ha okay. stand a chance. You you have to learn what, like, 10 new decks do and what all of their cards do. Because, like, this is something that MBT has described before, and I think it's really accurate. There are cards where if you, like, say your opponent, act Nadir Servant, I think was one of the best examples of this. If, if you sure. activate nadir servant 
and your opponent has never seen a Dogmatica card before, they can read the entire text of Nadir Servant <laughs> and have no idea what is going to happen to them over the next five minutes. Correct. Like, the, like unless you know like what all 20 cards that are in that deck do, you are never going to understand what is going to happen until you actually see it play out. So, And let's not even like begin to mention that it's not just the dogmatica cards you need to know you also probably need to know what like the shadal cards do uh, yeah. and things like that yeah, if, if you've never seen yeah. Al alistair the invoker get ready uh <laughs> like it's one of those yeah where it's tough to say who would win between somebody who's been actively playing for the last six months and knows what everything does between someone who's stepped away for a year knows everything beforehand but doesn't know what the decks people are playing right now do and then you take yeah. i'll be honest I, I'm inclined in Yu-Gi-Oh specifically to say the person that's been playing for the last six months probably wins. It's it, it, really unless you've been unless mm -hmm. that person took a break for a year and has been playing for like ten, like the person. Who's, yeah, because Yu-Gi-Oh or unless they're playing Sword Soul. True. <laughs> then yeah, they, that, then got another. <laughs> there are so what's interesting is there are some decks that have longevity at the rogue level. So I think people who end up playing those decks stick around for a long time. Uh, Burning Abyss uh, is an example of a deck that has been like playable in some capacity for probably six, seven years, and it's only just recently gotten to the point where it's like, wait, which deck? Burning Abyss, where it's like, oh, the last like probably two, three years, it hasn't been like actually playable, but previously like there were a bunch of builds you could use. Uh, Sword Soul is a deck that's like that, um, where yeah, it's it's essentially infinitely playable. So long as like you you get the fundamentals. So there are strategies that you can play where it's like if you step away from the game, you can come back and adapt. But for so when's the last time Sword Soul was topped in a tournament? Listen, <laughs> we don't. First off, first off, this month, this month. Second off, we don't need to get personal. I disagree. I think we should get very personal. Uh, whoa! <laughs> whoa! Okay, Pet Decker, hold on, Pet Decker. hold on. Yeah, yeah. Sorry, I believe I have. When was the last time Fluffle topped? When was the last sorry. time Dino have... topped? Okay, sorry. hold on. The last time Dino topped was me at a regional a month ago. You? <laughs> who do you think you are? Do you listen? Let's I, play. I yeah, talked about that. Yeah. Who do you think? What was it top? Eight, top eight. Uh, it was it was top yeah, eight, yeah 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 Skyhawk got top eight I got I got, uh, I got I got fifth yeah. at a, a now to be fair it was a 100 player remote duel regional so it's not like I'm not breaking the barn door down or anything but you don't have to I, to, I, the, <laughs> and to be fair uh, it, Fluffle has not topped anything since um, uh, David Vasquez so it's yeah. uh it's, it's it's been a hot minute uh, unless the master you guys... that's a representation issue not a not like a, uh, like a yeah, yeah, yeah 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 but um. Yeah, it's weird because it's it's a whole other universe, right? Like even like yes. one problem too is that I think a lot of casual spaces that where people go to learn the game get infested with competitive players just because it's the only thing that Yu-Gi-Oh has ever been is competitive. Mm -hmm. Like uh, my locals actually had for quite a while as like an experiment a casual night where it was like you you can't play meta decks, but the problem is that. A lot of people who go to play at those events will just play bad decks, but they'll be like optimized. So you'll have somebody learning with a pile of cards going against somebody playing something that's lower powered, but who knows how to do like everything inside and out. And so they, that yes. gap still causes a problem. And then like I have played against somebody who showed up to a locals with like um, it was a really old Dark World deck 
and and they were it they were literally it was like normal summon snow and then do nothing and i was just yeah. like i just killed them with like a bunch of giant stuffed animals and and they were like <laughs> that's the deck and 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 then they were like hey can you like help me fix my deck after i like beat them in like two seconds and and i'd look at it i was like we need to like I have to spend like 10 hours with this person to get them up to speed and to, to like, if I'm thinking about everybody else right. who's sitting in that room and playing, I'm like, it, it is going to take a, a lot of time to get there. And not having a space where people like me who are more competitive are willing to like, let go of trying to win <laughs> to, to, in order to yeah. help people feel like they can be welcome in a community and not just get stomped on every time is, uh, is, is a challenge that we got to confront because we've always been incentivized think, to win. I think that that's something that magic does extremely well. Yeah. And part of it is almost entirely due to commander's existence. So don't have that. Kane, you've probably never played magic. Have you? No, but I've, I, I, I know people and I know that commander is the most popular form of magic. It is. So, Mag so Yu-Gi-Oh essentially has like one main way to play the game and it's called advanced. Um there okay. is technically a traditional format that doesn't really exist. Um so advanced is just we follow the current ban list, we do the thing, we you know, if a card is banned on that ban list, we can't play it. If it's limited, we can play one, semi-limited, we can play two, anything else you can play three. Anything from the first set in the game's history, Legend of Blue Eyes, until now, is fair game, which is one of the biggest issues with Yu-Gi-Oh! But because of that, and because we don't have set rotation, we don't have alternate formats for people to play the game in different ways that are less competitive. So, like, that's what Commander does so well, is that they have that format, and every card is limited to one copy, and the format you don't have commander tournaments commander is set up to where you can play it with four six eight people it is a hundred percent a casual format that exists for no reason other than to just have fun which is horrible it's terrible it's the worst <laughs> but it's good for it's good for players that don't want to go pay $20 to get into a tournament and then just get destroyed because they haven't been playing the game yeah. for 10 years. So I will say, I know one thing that magic has over Yu-Gi-Oh. I'm listening. Careful. <laughs> uh, like Post Malone has never bought a Yu-Gi-Oh card <laughs> for $2 million. That is true. That is true. Yeah, yeah, that's true. We had, uh, what, Tyler the Great Warrior sold yeah. for, like, what, 380k? That's not bad. Uh, that's chump change. <laughs> it was 320. It was a 320, something like that? Yeah, it's, yeah. it's definitely not uh, the one ring 2.8 mil. Uh, no, it's not. No, but it, it is absolutely... Oh, what? Sorry, go ahead. Go ahead. No, I was just going to ask... Uh, like... decision. Kane, you talk. Is, um, is there... A thing in Master Duel that teaches you how to actually build a deck. No. <laughs> nope. So, that's, that's the thing because I, I don't want to use these starter decks anymore because I'm getting demolished by people who make their own decks. 
but also I don't know how to build a deck from scratch because I don't know how all the monsters work together or the spells, the monsters, all, right. all of it. Yep. One so basically I just know... have to have somebody hold my hand through it. That's a great point that I wanted to bring up and it's something that we got touched on in both uh, the Raran video and MBT's response to it and Farfur's response to it and every, everything in sense about that is there shouldn't be an onus on a new player to go out and find someone to teach them these things that should be inherently present within the design of the platform right so master duel is like a free to play game quote unquote like it's it's free anybody can download it for free and just jump in and play and it is built as such to where they want the barrier to entry to be as low as possible so you have people that say oh well this game is free i can just hop on and play it and wow they boot it up and it looks beautiful like master duel is a really good looking game like the 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 production value is very high but then yeah, they get in and they start playing and they run into these issues that you're talking about and it's sh they should be able to by just booting the game up and playing through tutorials and solos and things like that and going through these different modes and things there should be a certain amount of you don't need to go find the resources to explain like Konami should not expect people to go look for other people for resources. They should be able to provide the resources within their own game to learn how to play said game. And yes, in Yu-Gi-Oh! it kind of sucks because there's just this expectation that it's like, okay, um, you're going to play Master Duel for 45 minutes. You're going to get through the tutorial. You're going to go watch 25 hours of YouTube videos <laughs> to learn how to play this game and how to deck build what's good. Yeah. And then you're going to come back and you're going to get blown out in 10 <laughs> minutes on Master Duel. So... It's, yeah. it, it really sucks that basically any player that has to play the game, any player that wants to play the game has to have like a complete like guide. Like you have to have a Pokemon trainer that says, go do this attack. Like you have to have someone to just like, not necessarily show you what to do, but like literally like, sit down for hours and explain it and that was another point i wanted to make yeah. commander actually is that like because of the casualness of the format and how generally conceptually easy magic the gathering is to understand like there, I, I know there's a lot of depth i know people listening are going to be like magic is to the game that can be found but as a whole yeah Magic is a surf a game that on the surface level is way easier to dive into than Yu-Gi-Oh. It's like, here's 60 cards. Here's a, you use, this is mana. This is your resource. One, this card says it costs one mana. You use one mana to play it. This card costs two mana. You yeah. use two mana to play it. It's like, boom, you're playing magic. That's, that's the whole game, right? Whereas in Like, how do you build your deck? Oh, here's your commander color. That's all your card colors yeah exactly it's like okay, yeah well, how do i build this deck it's like uh, what's your favorite color green okay cool here here's a green deck <laughs> here are green cards yeah yeah yeah, yeah. we have like no yeah we, the only thing that we have to denote stuff is if you're playing an archetype you can have the name of the deck it's like oh you, you put all the right. element great cards in but then 
they're like, okay, but which Salomon Great cards do I put in my Salomon Great deck? What what uh, what, right. what not Salomon Great cards should I put in my deck? Well, they don't tell you anything. <laughs> they're just like, right. Here's how to do Gazelle. Go have fun, and they don't tell you like. I mean, like, yeah. honestly. Oh, go ahead. I was just like, if if Master Duel did something where it was like, oh hey, here's a thousand cards, make a deck, and then every time you picked a card, it was like, no, that doesn't go with your deck. Try try again. Oh yeah. And then it tell like when you yeah. pick a card, it's like, oh yeah, this goes with it because of this. Some some way to at least like teach you card evaluation, right? Like, yeah. Obviously, there's some stuff that is that you can only get with experience, like. In this format, I want to be playing Forbidden Droplet, or in this format, I want to be playing like Infinite Impermanence or Nibiru, right? Like any that stuff is going to be tough because that comes with knowledge of the game. But like, surely they could be like, "Hey, you're playing dinosaurs, right? You should play Fossil Dig. Fossil Dig helps you search dinosaurs." Or, "Hey, you've got Animadorned Archosaur. If you want to resolve this effect, you need to make sure to have a pill card. Here's a list of pill cards you can play. Yeah, but Double Evo Pill's probably the one you're looking for." Like, something like that, where if you get a structure deck, they're like, hey, here are, even like, say like you buy the Salomon Great structure deck, or the Pendulum Magician structure deck, right? If they had like a, hey, here are some example deck lists of people who've been playing recently. And this is, you can like, go look at that and be like, this is what other people who are doing this are choosing. And like, maybe a little bit of why. It's, but the, the transition from Normal Summon a Guy to running a fully functioning deck is just insurmountable the way the game is right now yeah i think that there is a really good way to do that i'm listening okay you go in and you say okay i want to play salamangre cards i want to play a salad deck okay i go to the little search bar salamangre all right give me an option to sort by how much the card is played. Mm. Right? Usage okay. statistics. If a card is played, okay, let's say Salamangre Gazelle, it's played in 3% of decks. That's not a lot. But it's played more than any other Salamangre card, right? Okay, click it in. Okay, this card's played in 2.8% of decks. Well, that's probably the Salamangre decks pretty much all play it. Oh, this card's played in like, 0.2% of decks. Yeah. Okay, well, like, that means that that card is not even played in Salamangre, right? Being yeah. able to look I think at being able to like, sort by card usage would be crazy. Yeah, doing something like, uh, in, like, because I feel like a lot of people just start reading, like, a bunch of cards that are not going to be very helpful. It's like, oh, yeah. actually, some people are playing Dark Ruler, and then that comes to the top of your list instead of, like, uh, Acts of Despair and Ririoku and just a bunch of, like, yeah. ancient cards that do nothing. It's <laughs> they just give me something to help me out. Yep, I totally right. agree. Okay. Uh I so, have Oh, go ahead. Well, I was going to say I have a question Kane, which is have you have you felt after playing some Master Duel as like a new player? Have you felt the urge like, "Oh, I played Master Duel. This interested me." I think I'm going to take the next step and either do research into the card game to maybe get better at Master Duel and like try to like grind or have you, you know, had maybe the inspiration of like, hey, uh, you know, 
Master Duel, I had fun. I think it could be a fun game to play. Let me maybe go to my local card shop and try to like see, you know, how I would do playing like Paper Yu-Gi-Oh. Because um, I, I think that playing two, three, four hours of Master Duel is kind of a great gauge of how much a new player is willing to really like put up with if like if they want to play the game because like there's a certain point where you play the game and you're like it's too much i don't care anymore i've 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 like you know eyes glazed over i've stopped reading cards i don't care just you know i don't want to do this anymore and then there's another path where it's like oh this is crazy i enjoy this like i want to go to locals i want to go you know deep dive into this so I'm kind of wondering which path you've, you know, feel like you're going down. I will say I'm still working on it. I still like, I need to, I need to play more. Um, I mean, grand total, honestly, I probably only played maybe like two ish hours. Like if you combine everything totaled up sure. of like master duel, but I mean, am I interested? Yes. Have I went to Walmart and be like, Oh, you go 10. Yeah. I bought it. <laughs> don't judge me it, it looked cool it was gold i bought it oh wait wait you um, did buy it yeah okay happy that you got paper cards if you're buying a product the megaton is probably not the worst any chance it looks like this um yeah exactly it looks exactly like that yeah. that's exactly what i got you read my mind yeah yeah, yeah. i'm kind of curious as to what cards you got out of that Oh, I looked them all up. They're worthless. I looked. That was the one thing I was like, "Man, what if I got a gold mine out of this? I hit the lottery." No, I, I, I think the most expensive card was like two dollars. Yeah, the the tins are. I got jipped by Walmart. Yeah, I guess the quick explain the tins are like they're they're the reprint sets. So the tins are like uh... they, so they reprint all of the good cards that don't have reprints yet, or not always good cards, but most yes. of them. Uh, so sometimes those can hold value, but over like a longer period of time, especially the gold ones. So if you got the gold ones, those were last year's tins. Um, and, uh, depending on the tin you got, it might've been two years ago. So some of those cards might not be as relevant anymore, which is why their values dropped. Um, uh, and as Actually, you can tell, it's been three years ago. Yeah. So as you can tell that there's a lot to keep track of <laughs> when we're looking at like, yeah. it was, it was an value. impulse buy. It's it's fun, hey, and that was one thing I was gonna say too. Is like, when is enough cards enough? Uh, the listen. rotation, the rotation. We, again, debate. we don't need to make this. You don't. We don't need to make this. Sunny, Sunny, okay? sorry. It's been it's been sorry. So it's been like six months of you trying to organize your collection, and you just finished the trap. Listen, cards. okay, hold on, hold on. There's been a lot of <laughs> me not doing anything about it, not because I don't want to, but because I can't make myself because it's too many cards, but. There's been a lot of me just like stalling and not actually doing the sorting I should be doing. If I uh, actually sat down and did it, mm -hmm. I could, I could okay. finish it in less than twenty hours for sure. All right. So honestly, that wasn't a jab at you. That was just a jab at the, the overall amount of cards that Yu-Gi-Oh has. Yeah. Oh, we're, I thought you made me personally. Like I've got like eighty thousand cards <laughs> in this world. <laughs> no, I just mean like if like how many cards are there? Like if just single cards are there in Yu-Gi-Oh all together? Uh, it's probably close to eleven thousand. Thirteen. No, it's it's over twelve. It's over twelve now. 
I feel yeah. like I, I'm getting right, old. Right. I feel like 10,000 Dragon was just yesterday, but it definitely was not. It was three years ago, bud. Oh my God. And they're releasing cards at an oh, exponential no. rate. Yeah. Um, I'm saying, and they're still coming out with new cards. Like, when is enough? Like, when is it going to be, like, chill? Like, yeah. So, uh, when they are no longer capable of making money. I guess. Um, so, we're coming up close on, on time here, but I do have just, like, a couple of funny Yu-Gi-Oh questions. Uh what is okay. your what's your what's your favorite Yu-Gi-Oh character that you remember? Uh, character like uh, just from the like person an actual show, person yeah. from the show or like I'm oh yeah Yugi Yu-Gi-Oh. <laughs> <laughs> That's true. How about how about uh, how about yeah. how about how about card? Uh, the 1999 championship Blackluster Soldier. Oh my god! <laughs> now that's a good answer. That's a good answer. <laughs> I know the guy that has it. That's <laughs> well, Sonny, you got to hook a guy up. Come on. Yeah. <laughs> well, listen. If he wants to pay what that guy paid plus more, I'm sure the guy would sell it. Well, I, you know, honestly, he probably wouldn't. I was gonna say, if <laughs> you have that, you're probably. I say I know. It. I don't actually know him. Know him, but like, Sonny, I, Sonny knows where it is. I, that's, I, like, that's like saying like I know Brad Pitt. Like, yeah, I know him, but I don't know him. <laughs> I'm talking him on Twitter. Like, come on. Okay. Yeah, 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 yeah. I talked to him on Twitter, okay? I, I can't. Like, we've uh, talked to NDMs. So good. Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah. Sonny, I, 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 actually, I, may, I might not talk about that. I don't know if that project is still Go ongoing. Go for it. I, it's okay. I, oh, okay. Uh, Sonny oh, wait, has, oh, you're talking oh, about the project yeah, that yeah, I wanted I, to should do? I, should I not talk about that? We'll talk about it. It's later. kind of falling apart. You can talk about it. Okay. Sunny had been on a, a quest to find Ulevo. And the video may still happen at some point, so keep an eye out. But Ulevo is an old prize card um, that supposedly nobody knew where it was. And nobody had any, like, information about it aside from some pictures from, like, 2005. Uh, and then... Yes. Sunny... Uh, there is a one picture of the guy that got first place in the Game Boy tournament holding it the guy there are no pictures of the champion that actually won the card in the 2004 world championship holding the actual card because there's actually yeah one copy of ulevo there's and, two and he made this whole thing about like it's going to be like this huge undertaking and uh we, we talked about it for like hours and hours and then the next day he messages me and he's like i found it kind of <laughs> in theory like i, know I may guy. have found it who yeah. knows a guy uh, <laughs> but I'll, I'll stop talking about that for now in case uh it, it comes up the issue is the person it. that i think has it and who by all accounts should have it is basically off the grid like he doesn't really like as far as we're aware it's just some middle-aged dude in la um who was a fan of the game at the time and like has a collection that maybe the one of the best collections in the world and nobody even knows who he is he just will show up at con la conventions every now and then like asking around certain places like hey i'm trying to sell x ridiculously you know never before seen expensive card like like 30 40 50 thousand dollar card I'm, I want to sell X. And he'll just like show up out of nowhere like every few years. And then nobody can contact him. People don't have like his contact info. Like he doesn't even have a Facebook. I mean, dude's a ghost. So 
I know we're running quick on time, but uh, Skyhawk, you got any more questions? That's uh, I, 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 I was just gonna say, yeah, like uh, that. I mean, the favorite card is like an incredible example. I guess my last like Master Duel related question, uh, Eddie, what's your favorite uh, Pendulum card so far? If you remember any of them. Nope, I just play them. You just toss. <laughs> <laughs> That's this? that's what, I look, I look at the numbers game. and I play them. That's so so okay. Then what's your what's your favorite number? <laughs> yeah yeah yeah. I I try to get the biggest number. That's obviously the biggest zero number. through twelve. Zero through twelve though. That's like all we can do. Well, I like I like the spell that lets you increase your pendulum like one and lower the other one one. I like that spell. I don't know what that is. Oh, I I also don't know what that is. Let's, uh, but it, like it'll let you increase one side one and lower the other side uh, so you can increase your pendulum. Is it like a, is it All like right. a one-time so, thing? Or listeners, <laughs> listeners, if you know this, be sure to go into the YouTube video and leave a comment down below telling us exactly what card this is that we don't know. He's got a, Kane's It's got not a, Jetroid. He's got the pendulum tech. It's not Jetroid. True. Yet. <laughs> All right. <laughs> Does that uh, does that so, does that about do it for us, uh, Mr. Sunny? Of the uh, there is one podcast? last thing that I wanted to ask. I wanted to open the floor to Kane to ask two Yu-Gi-Oh by all accounts compared to the vast majority of the, of the world's population, two Yu-Gi-Oh experts, sort of. On do you have any questions that you want to ask us about Yu-Gi-Oh, about Master Duel, about anything in particular to do with the game that you feel like we can answer for you and like help you out with? Because I mean, you know, you don't just mm. leave a lost puppy sitting there. You guide him along. I know, yeah. I mean, honestly, y'all answered a lot today. Um, yeah? Yes. Why do tuners exist? Are there any exist? burning questions Ooh. coming into this? Why do tuners exist? Them. Why tuners? <laughs> yeah, why do tuners exist? Stop it. That is a, that's a great point. That is why tuners? <laughs> why tuners? What are tuners we can answer? Uh, why are yeah. tuners is maybe harder. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. So it all started when, when this guy guitar? did not no. want. It's it all started when this guy did not want to use the name Hope for a card. Um, oh no! <laughs> maybe we can, it, maybe we can tell listen, that story at a different time. <laughs> yeah, it all started when this guy didn't want to use Hope to name a card, and it ends with Clowncast. That's all you need to know. So That's listen. <laughs> I'll explain it to you some other time. So listen, hey, yeah. Kane, thank you sincerely so much for hopping on. And thank you for the literal years of your support on Patreon. Uh, I appreciate that because you don't really play this game. You just wanted to support a friend's endeavor and a friend's uh, dream of doing this. And uh, you've always been there to support me. I, you know, groomsmen at my wedding. We roomed together in college, even though we didn't like super know each other. We knew each other in high school, but not we weren't like best friends. Um, years and years and years of friendship. You've pretty much like, you know, been always like consistently a good friend. So and a great friend, and I appreciate that. So thank you for coming on today. I really appreciate it. Thank you for having me. I appreciate it. Of course, I, I have a mug. Yeah, you did get the mug. So, uh, for this, I did get a mug in certain, <laughs> certain Patreon tiers uh, after three months of supporting us. I don't even have the mug. What the hell? <laughs> Come yeah, on. So you got to subscribe to the Patreon. Oh, yeah, so. dang. I gotta you weren't a patron as long as I was. That's true. I got <laughs> to have my game. I think you got a t shirt too, didn't you? No, I did not. I still don't have a playmat either. I was promised one of those, I think. 
Well, you see, in time, these things happen, and in time, you'll forgive me. So, with that said, let's go ahead and thank all of the wonderful patrons. So, a huge thank you to Always Second. <laughs> New name. <laughs> New name, I like that. That's good. Zyphorus, Big Stinky, Blue Eyes' Best, Copium, Common Caleb W. Okay, all right, all right, I like that one. We can take that one. Ding Dongs, hostess of the Yang Zing. Give me that Harusi Konami. HGH Cyber. I used to play Rogue, but then my mom got a job. I still love that. John Leal, Maple Money Brain Gang, Mountain Man, Oatmeal Spaghetti, Owen Alvarado, Pistol Place Pendulums, Silver Hope, Tiny Earth Cat. Understanding and reading are two different things. Virtually Savior's World. What do you call a magic owl? Houdini. Wind Up Carrier, Zinfidel Matey. Aaron Gardner, Alexander Chan, Asami, Ashlish Chaps, Atsuyo, Sympathus Overcastle, Blackwing, Silverwind the Ascendant is the best floodgate, Box Wine, come on and get your game on, Duty Booty, Dragon Maidenless Behavior, I'm about to Rika Glamour Tribute for Costies, Plant Nuts in Your Mouth, Level 4 Fire Warrior Gaming, Lama Yama Cam, Sarama, Maxi Pack, Neshi, Old Man Red, and Pin Code 143. Thank you all so much for your continuous support of the podcast. And of course, until next time, have a wonderful weekend, everybody. I, uh, you know, it was actually really fun to, to get to know uh, one of your good friends and also a, a longtime patron, uh, formerly Kane Martin, now always <laughs> second. Uh, you could say it was a, a riot, uh, a Borlode riot dragon. Ah, <laughs> <laughs> uh, but you thought that was it. No, in fact, it's very late at night. I'm getting sleepy. This poorly is sleepy extra memory. Foolish. Extra it's foolish. It's becoming extra foolish. You mean I can listen to a foolish okay. podcast? I'm sold. Evolzar sold. Uh. <laughs> oh, okay. I forgot to ask y'all about floodgates. I made a note. No, of no, that. no, 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 no. We're not talking about floodgates. No. I would like. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash trip for free shipping and 365-day returns. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com pack for free shipping and 365-day returns.